where we last left Vamok, Relandir, Luna, and Val. They had attempted to bring Luna's old mentor, a kin by the name of Katagas, back from the dead in order to attract the attention of Tentever, the ethereal of the dead. However, as Vamok reached through the portal of the void and grabbed hold of Katagas's spirit, something unforeseen happened. A force who identified itself as Air, the Betrayer God, stopped them all from returning. And as the portal closed, Bartholomew happened upon their cold bodies. I'm so tired of getting shunted out of my mortal coil. Well, last time it was just like a mind thing. This time you're... This time my entire soul is gone. Your whole soul is gone. The connection's been severed. Just working my way up. Now, as Vamok finds himself face to face with this demonic visage that has introduced itself as the Betrayer God, it curls a fingernail under his chin, scraping his skin open, drawing blood, and it says quite devilishly, No. It's nice to get acquainted, but I cannot stay for long, for there are others here who would seek your presence. But I will find you for Mark Nugalanafi, and I will find you soon. And then this presence fades, as the darkness all around you, Vamok, also fades, quickly being replaced by the ground rushing up to meet you. And as you smash into it, your vision goes completely dark. An unknown time later... Everyone, Rolandir, Luna, Vamak, and Val, blink awake in a strange forest, its trees like bones, stripped bare of any leaves long ago, branches barely more than dust at this point. A bright sun, infinitely amplified through thick clouds of fog and rolling ash, blots the sky above. As you all sit up and look around at each other, you seem unharmed, but this plane, this place, is like nowhere you've ever seen. The ground is poisoned. What little shrubbery or plant life remains is shriveled, dying. Huge mountains of gray and black shale line this valley that you seem to be in, and in the distance, above the trees, on the northern horizon, you see spires of some ancient city, though its details elude you at this distance. Can I do a quick detect magic? Val, as you open your third eye, as it were, to the magic of the world, you find that this place is empty of it. The essence that usually runs through every living being and the fiber of life itself is absent from all of these trees and everything around you. Wherever we are, we are cut off from, well, life itself. That would make sense. If we are in the realm of Tentaver, there is not much living here. I would suspect that we ourselves could not be counted as alive if we are in such a place. Is there any physical difference to like how we look or perceive? Everything looks a little desaturized, but... We don't have any ethereal wispiness or anything. No, you seem concrete. Okay. Perhaps we were successful in gaining an audience with Tentaver. Or at least, perhaps we have come to his doorstep. Or perhaps he found it humorous that we thought we were worthy to reach his gaze and 
He's simply claimed us as his own. I don't know. And Rolandier kind of starts stretching out his different appendages, making sure that they're all in working order and just kind of examining his new surroundings. Luna gets to her feet and she looks to Rolandier and says, I doubt that any ethereal would ever regard human matters as humorous. I'm not entirely sure that he's actually taken notice yet. Whether this is the void or some other place, I can't say. So you are with us here, Luna. I, I don't, I'm sorry. I've, I've simply figured that since you were officiating, it, as it were, in the whole ceremony there, I wouldn't have thought that you would have gotten dragged into this. But did you notice anything when we were being pulled through or anything? I had a brief, uh, I don't know, interaction with something in the darkness. Though it did not speak to me, it merely whirled around. I felt it looking at me. And then it moved on. And then when I blinked awake, he... Here I was. I don't know if any of you had similar experiences. Point of order, we did not see air, correct, Rolandier and Val? Nope. Okay. I didn't even see that. It was just one moment we were there prepping Katagas, the next we're here. I don't know if any of you had anything. No, that was my experience as well. I seem to remember the ground rushing towards me, and then everything went black, and then I awoke here. Well, wherever here is... These are our souls, and Luna just looks down at her palms and her arms. And we were pulled here. I don't think it's too far-fetched to assume that Cads was pulled here, too. Do you think? If we are here, it is unlikely that his soul was restored to his body successfully. Perhaps it would be good to search for him, then. I have seen him now, and being on this same plane, I could try to contact him via sending. Yes, if, if that will work. All right. I will cast sending on Cad. Okay. And I'll say, hello. <laughs> no, I won't. That's not Val anymore. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's your boy, Val. He'll say, I'm an associate of Luna's. Can you hear me? As you cast this spell, you feel this connection established. So you know for a fact that the being, whether physical or otherwise of Cad, is here in this plane. But as you do so, casting the spell... You take five points of damage as you draw upon your own essence to fuel this, for there is nothing else here to draw upon. I do not care for that at all. <laughs> <laughs> five points of damage? Yes. Okay. Um. Ouch. Does he reply to me? You do not receive a reply. Okay. I, I was able to connect with him. He is here, but um, I would not recommend casting... Uh, any magic here, it will draw on your own essence. Luna, looking around, she's like, yeah, that, that makes sense. If we can't pull from Egadon, then there's only one thing to pull from. And all of this, she gestures around to the trees and brush, is completely devoid of essence. In that case, I think we might as well start looking. There always seems to be a path that reveals itself once we just start putting one foot in front of the other. Very optimistic today, Rolandier. What can I say? I don't think that this place has any more uh, capacity for gloom and doom, so might as well try to look on the bright side. Val kind of <laughs> shrugs. <laughs> you said you were able to create a connection. Can you locate the source of this connection? Can I, Brian? Is that a thing I can, like, trace back at all? Intent-wise, sure. Not within the spell text, though. Okay. 
well, I don't really want to use it <laughs> right now, but um, no, I'll do that. I have enough hit points right now that I'm not concerned yet. I will. I will attempt to locate Cad through the connection I established with him by ascending. Terrible intent roll for me. I got a twenty on my d20 and a thirty-seven. All right. As you try to trace this line back to Cad. You encounter, I wouldn't say resistance, but a profound weariness as you go further and further away from yourself and you will take 10 points of damage. Do I gain anything from my 10 points of damage or do I learn nothing? (laughs) You are pointed in the direction of this ruined city in the distance, but anything more precise eludes you. Okay. At, at the very least, he is uh, in that direction, and I will gesture at the city. Then let us be off. We should not linger. And Vamok starts walking. Val will follow. I think that's a good idea. Luna falls in step as well. I'll um take up the rear, make sure nothing unpleasant wanders up behind us. So as you walk for a while, this pale forest eventually giving way to a wasteland of ash... You trudge along, stepping through a foot of ash, almost as if it were snow. As the wind blows all around you, cyclones stretch into the sky, forming, falling apart, then spiraling up again, this ash whipping your faces. These wastes go on for some time, and though you trek for what seems like a number of hours, at least two or three, the sun does not seem to shift at all above you, remaining in this almost twilight evening stance. As you pass through these ash wastes, finally coming upon a series of small hills that roll up and down the closer you get to the city, you crest the last one and peer upon the city itself and quite the grisly sight. For before you is a field of absolute destruction. Pools of blood, bile, everything you can imagine, congealed beneath innumerable corpses, moist with decay, their skin dripping from broken bones and fleshy sludge. Great wooden war machines sit rotting, thick with mold, while heaps of rusted swords, shields, and mail lie where they fell. These Sunken fields, almost a marsh with all the blood, stretch on until the corpses pile in uneven mounds nearly as high as the broken city walls. Luna clasps her mouth, trying not to throw up. Upon seeing this, Rolandia immediately does the same. The stench, I'm sure, is incredibly overwhelming. And he just says, What I said earlier about this place lacking capacity for increased death and deprivation completely take that back. I think you will find the universe has an endless capacity for death and deprivation. Can we spot a uh, clear path through? And Rolander kind of starts scattering through, seeing if there is any less cluttered pathway into the city that isn't completely covered in this sludge and bodies and stuff. Seems honestly you'd have to really make your own, but I'll let you do a perception roll. 20, not natural. Though it looks like wherever you step, you're going to get your feet wet, you are able to pinpoint the path of least resistance. Nice. I think if we hug along the left side there, I don't know, it seems to at least have less depth to it. We could perhaps 
spend less of our energy going that way. Very well. Vamok heads over to the left, starts wading through <laughs> the sludge and muck and bodies and stuff. Val will follow. As we're walking, Rolandir's kind of in step with Vamok. He actually has his sword out, kind of like poking along the way to see if anything like gives so he doesn't step and sink in anything. And he just says, so Vamok, you have obviously been quite busy in the time that we uh, were separated. What is it exactly that you've been seeking all this time? I know that it's always the quest after more power and whatnot, but what of this journey? What after that? You think you'll find with us what you're ultimately seeking for? Perhaps. There are many things to learn in this world. Many curiosities to be uncovered. The quest for power and the quest for knowledge, they are one and the same. I do not know if I will find my end goal quite so immediately, but the path that you and the others are traveling, at least for now it coincides with mine. Becoming godborn and finding a certain artifact that could prove quite useful in your quest to deal with the gods and my quest to obtain more knowledge. You've always been quite effective at seeking the knowledge you, you desire. And let's say, all things considered, as he steps through someone's sternum, we ultimately get through this and... You are granted the gift of Godborn and the powers and knowledge that come with that. And going even further, let's say we rid the entire world of the deity that are subjecting us to such trials. Do you have any desire to return back to the old world or seek other worlds beyond this one? If there is knowledge and power to be gained, it would interest me. But to be honest with you, the fate of this world does not concern me very much. Should... The gods survive and continue to pull the strings. Hmm. It is of little importance to me. Perhaps I would come and go. I do not know these things. I could ask you the same thing. Would you seek to settle down? Make a life for yourself here? Give up your fighting ways or simply find a new quarry? It's strange, actually. If you had asked me that years ago... I would have always hoped to one day return back to the old world, regardless of what lay beyond the rift, but when I became godborn, I literally, it, it's funny actually that you still call me Reese. that name, all feelings associated with it, they really diminish. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's been quite some time since anything of that old life has had meaning to me, but something to keep in mind perhaps for you. I know that the transformation, it ties you to this world. It makes you feel something for it. And so you think that if I become godborn, I will want to save this world? If nothing else, you'll have a greater understanding that what power is granted to you can just as quickly be taken away should you choose to leave. Then I have a question for you, Relandir. What do you think will happen to your powers once we sever the connection to your patron god? You wish to kill them all, so surely it includes the one that made you godborn. Do you think that the powers will stick around? Perhaps you will die because of this connection you feel. Perhaps, and perhaps it will be as simple as cutting off my ties 
whatever power was given me by my naming of Godborn, or Val's for that matter. But at that point, does the world really need Godborn? Or gods at that point? Perhaps, perhaps not. Again, it is of no consequence to me whether or not the world needs Godborn. But I do have a question for you. What if in the course of our travels, in this quest that we have undertaken to kill the gods, it requires all of us, godborn or not, to sacrifice our lives, or more specifically, to sacrifice the lives of those around us. Would you be so quick to sever those connections as well? Unfortunately, I think that's a situation we've already been confronted with more than once. So, again, unfortunately, yes. Hmm. Interesting. You and I are not so different. As you continue walking along, Vamok's boot breaking through a skull on a bloated corpse, some unseen body part mushed underfoot, Luna turns to Val in this expanse of death and says, Valmes, may I ask you something? Of course. We bound you to Yakuda, mother of kin, goddess of vengeance and war. It makes sense. I guess, from the standpoint that Yakuda was kin and you are a kin. But past that, I couldn't help but feel that the two of you couldn't be any more different. You are correct. When we got there and we met her, I was surprised, I suppose, to see what she was like. But she has forced my hand in many ways, and I I don't know that that was the right course of action but it is the course that has been taken and not to say that speculation is needless but people change i don't wish war on the world or agree with yakuda on much but i do believe that the course i think is right will lead to the war to end all wars we're definitely playing with some lofty philosophies here well that is what i was born to do course, but I don't know if it comes to that, if it comes to this goal that I guess we've now all set of killing the Ethereals. You're chosen of Yakuda, Berlandir of Sindur. That's how Godborn work, but Zareth is in every literal sense my father. I, I just don't know if I'll be able to disconnect as easily as one of you. That, that's all. No, Luna, if... if- This is not the course that you want to take. Don't take it. And do you believe you can do it without me? Frankly, no. But we would not have been able to do much at all without you. But you are not required to help us. That is your choice. I know. But I... And I see the point. I see why we... Why we should. I've witnessed great evil in not so many years. And I can trace it all back to the gods in one way or another. I don't know. If there's some way to spare them or simply strip them of their power. If they were once as as we are, perhaps one can revert them to that state. I I don't know. I just have a lot on my mind, I guess. I know that I have changed quite significantly in the times that we have been away from each other. But... I still believe in mercy, Luna. If there is a way to spare them and free this world, then let us do that. Good. She just nods along as the four of you make your way through this marsh 
As you approach the main thoroughfare of the city, these cracked stone walls reaching high, high above your heads, and these mounds of flesh have been pushed aside from this main thoroughfare to where the shattered gates lie open on enormous rusted hinges. The bodies have almost been arranged at this point, their hollow sockets almost following you as you step by them to the threshold of this damned city. Well, Mark's gonna head on up and swing that rusty gate on open. I mean, it's like 150 feet tall, but sure. <laughs> oh, make it, make it sound deeper. You never Noah. told me it was 150 feet tall. I just said it was a huge shattered gate. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it could be huge, but it's shattered, you know? So, like, in my mind's eye, I was imagining, like, basically a rusty piece of sheet metal at this point, but... Oh, this is, this is like Minas Tirith-sized gates. Oh, well, yeah, I could have done with that information. All right. <laughs> <laughs> in that case, Vimok just heads on up to the gate, slips on in, taking a little look around, taking in the surroundings... Seeing if there's any sort of movement, anything that could be helpful to them in locating anybody else. As you step through into this plaza of smooth, cold, sterile stone, it is almost an entirely different world than what was outside. There are no bodies, there are no stains or scorch marks or anything. There are crumbling stone piles and bits of rubble from these all-stone buildings that are around, but they seem immaculately abandoned and just bathed in shadow from this twilight sun. Is there any sort of, like, visible, like, palace or castle or something where a potential ruler of this place would reside? The city does seem to rise the further back you get as it connects to a cliff itself a sizable ziggurat of sorts towering above the rest of the city, but still a ways away from you. I suggest we head towards the structure there, near the cliff face. It is perhaps the most likely place we will find someone or something. Val will nod and gesture for Vamok to go first. He is very keen to allow whatever is going to jump out at us to jump out at Vimok before it gets him. Vimok starts going forward, and then he hesitates, and he turns around, and he looks at everybody, and he says, Rilandir, please come here. Yes? And Vimok stretches out his arm to kind of go for a clasping motion. Rilandir returns the clasp. As they clasp arms, Rilandir feels... Not exactly a burning sensation, but feels a bit of warmth. And as they let go, Rolandir looks down on his forearm and sees a mark that was not there before. It looks vaguely occult, you know, a couple of crossing lines, strange markings that you haven't seen before. Pulling his arm away and observing this and kind of getting a grin on his face. (laughs) And what is this? It is a precaution. I do not know if it will work here. Normally, it tethers the soul and the body together. In the event of death, it will keep the soul from wandering. However, I am not sure if we are in a place where such magic will work. But at the very least, it does not hurt to be cautious. Absolutely not. Well, 
Luna, if you would like my mark, I will give it to you. Would that leave you exposed? I have other ways of taking care of myself. Then Luna, a bit sheepishly, does extend her arm. Vamok grasps her arm, and again, a slight warm feeling there, and as he lets go, the same mark is upon her forearm. And for Vamok's sake, as you kind of touch into Luna's life force, you know, when you, when you grasped Rolandir and you accessed his, really, essence, you felt how powerful he was in relation to yourself, which was more so. And as you touch Luna and tap into her essence for just a split second, Rolandir was like a flickering candle next to Luna's burning star. Quite impressive. So you say that you are the daughter of Sereth? Yes. Mm. Then one thing is most definitely true. If we are going to take on beings such as your father, we will need more power. Much more. More than you and Rolandir and Val and myself. We will need much more. Luna, a little confused, just, you know, furrows her brow and rubs her arm, taking a couple steps back. But that is a matter for another time. First, we must find a way out of this place. Val, are you accepting the mark? Uh, Val will extend his arm. Same thing. They clasp arms. Vamak taps into a little bit of that intent there, feeling the essence of Val tethering soul and body, leaving him with a mark. Question for the DM. Does walking for five minutes constitute a short rest no i as i explained it has to be time i'm i'm pretty lenient when it comes to time but it has to be dedicated to that activity of short like you're not going to regain any energy okay okay now vamok as you finish these death wards vamok isn't casting magic from the old world anymore right he's drawing upon the sort of essence that he's grafted to himself yes okay in that sense, then you won't, you will not take damage because it's still, it's not really a part of you. Lucky. Do I notice any sort of like, I don't know, diminishing effect? Oh yeah, I mean your reserves are drained, as it were. There's nothing for these kind of reservoirs you've created to leech upon, other than yourself and your companions. It would appear that I require a little bit of rest. Using magic in this place is quite draining. Yes, I know. I will sit down. For a moment, you all may feel free to wait for me or to explore on your own. No, that's a that's a fine idea. I don't think we should split up at the very least. Then Vamok sits down and uh, I guess pulls out a piece of beef jerky. <laughs> oh, little <laughs> peppered beef jerky. He's also got teriyaki in case anybody wants it. So now, as as you all sit down in this plaza for a you know thirty minute respite. You do seem to gain some energy back, and for those of lost health, you may uh, spend hit dice if you so desire. I would love to do that. <laughs> I rolled two sixes. Nice. I'm good. As you've all rested, eaten, regained a bit of your strength, you carry on, then, moving forward, up and onward in this broken city. As time moves on, or rather, as you move on, time stands still, apparently. You get higher and higher, approaching the base of this ziggurat and the cliffs that it sits up against. Now, it's not a, like an entire pyramid. It's like bisected. 
with one half being the actual cliff itself. So as you do approach that base, you see a knight of sorts, or at least a suit of armor. Whether or not something's inside is uh, still yet to be seen. Still quite a ways off in this large boulevard that you round into at the top of this street. The buildings here seem to spread out, and the closer they are to the ziggurat, they are merely piles of rubble. This suit of armor has strange proportions. It's too long for a human. It's too thin for a kin. And as it just sits, kind of leaning against a massive greatsword, it clinks and shifts, the helmet moving to look up at you as you step onto the boulevard, still many hundreds of feet away from it. Also, as a quick note, in the time after we had rested, uh, Vamok did cast Death Ward on himself, just so that one doesn't come back to bite us. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So just to sum up for Brett's brain, there's a path leading directly to the ziggurat thing, but between us and the ziggurat, there's this knight with a sword. Yeah, just like on the bottom two steps of the ziggurat sits this knight. Gotcha. Oh, he's sitting. Yes. Well, it's quite clear that whatever that is has noticed us, and I think we still want to go towards that, but do we want to try to find a more indirect route, or... Should we go see what it is? I don't see any harm in seeing if perhaps it has any information for us. It is the first thing we have seen other than ourselves that is not dead on the ground. All right, then onward we go. And Verlandir keeps walking. Verlandir leads the group down this boulevard. When you get around, say, 50 feet away from this suit of armor, this knight, you hear a massive bell hole somewhere deep within the city. One, two, three, four times. And then it stops. And this night, the armor clinking and shuffling, stands. Through its visor, you see only two small points of orangish light that seem obscured almost by a veil of shadow. This same wispy, shadowy form also seems to leak out of the joints and cracks in the armor ever so slightly, as if there were nothing but smoke inside. Rolandier at this point has not drawn his sword, leaving it as is, and he's going to cautiously begin approaching the knight. He'll stop if it doesn't do anything to react when he gets within 15 feet. Okay, within 15 feet it does not do anything further. Okay. Any additional um, information he can get just by looking at it from this distance? You can definitely see that the suit of armor is empty. It is just armor and smoke and these two little burning points beneath the visor. Okay. Then he addresses it. Can you speak? I can. Who are you? Or perhaps better ask, what are you? I... Hmm. What am I? I am a watcher? Guard? Something else? I I cannot remember. But I am here to stop wayward souls. One way or another, it looks behind itself, up at the ziggurat, and then back down at you. And what is it that you're watching for, or guarding against? Is it these souls? Yes. Souls that should not be where they are not supposed to be. And would I be correct in assuming there are souls that lie beyond there? Rolander says, pointing in towards the ziggurat. 
it looks back over its shoulder again at the towering ziggurat and, and then once more toward Rolandia and, and just nods. Perhaps souls like us? Perhaps we, too, belong in there? No. If you belonged in there, you would be in there. And were we to try to merely look in there, would that be permitted? No. You cannot step any closer, I'm afraid, without being punished. Very well. W- one last question. Rolander says as he was about to turn and kind of walk back towards the others. You are guarding and watching, but for who? Surely this is not your realm where we are. No, it is not. That would be quite bold of me to assume. And of yourself. No, I, I am here on orders. Orders from? Whoever gave them. All right. Well, thank you for the information. And Rolander just kind of like looks and then just turns around and is going to go back to speak with the others. I would assume, perhaps is just my limited understanding of how this whole souls business works, but I would assume that he would remain in there and this knight is some guardian keeping the dead dead and those who have wandered here out. I fear, however, that if we try to go in, he, or others as well, will then attack us. And although we have proved ourselves time and time again that we could probably handle this, I don't know if any of you have a different idea of how it might go on. Perhaps we could simply pass by if we were unseen. Perhaps, although I think you're suggesting we use magic to do that then. Yes, I am. <laughs> and perhaps we would be detected, but we also know that aside from the essence in oneself, there is nothing magical here to draw upon. Yes, so at that point, I am, of course, willing to try many things, but that's not really my decision to make then if we draw upon our own essence to disguise ourselves. And he kind of looks towards Val. What do you think? Well, I, I don't know what sort of beings that is, but I, I don't know that a disguise would slip by him. We could try it, I suppose. There are other options. If we wanted to be invisible, I could make all of us invisible. If we wanted to perhaps transport ourselves via dimension door or teleport, I could do that as well. Although I, cannot only, I can only take one person with me on dimension door. So I'd have to go back and forth. Luna looks around at the three of you and just shrugs. And she says, "I, regardless of what we do, we should do it quickly. I don't like being here for longer than we need to be. I, for one, don't like the idea of needing to take multiple trips back and forth, all the while diminishing our vitality. So I say we either face it head on or we attempt to hide ourselves altogether and walk past. Why don't we hide first and fight if necessary? That works. A good plan. I think perhaps we should walk a good distance away from this gentleman before going (laughs) invisible. Is it just a straight, sheer, like, breezeway that we walked through to get there? Or is it, like, pocked with buildings and other things? Oh, I said there are buildings along the the sides of the boulevard, but the closer you are to the ziggurat, the more they're just merely piles of rubble. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, we could walk back a few hundred feet, duck behind one of those buildings, and do it there. It's probably our best shot. I agree. All right. And away we go. As you 
go a ways back and step around a corner to where you're concealed, then uh, I assume Val casts invisibility on everyone? Yeah. Let me see what level I need to cast that at. I don't know if that affects my hit points. It'll be a fifth level invisibility. As you draw upon your own essence to cast the spell, making you and your companions invisible, Val will take five points of damage. Okay. All right. All right. Better than 50 points by fighting it. <laughs> Indeed. If it works. And even more, casting spells to fight it. Yes, yes. I think perhaps holding hands is not to everyone's taste, but we should stay connected. Right. A good idea. Very well. Yes, last thing we need is to get split up in here. As you all fade from each other's sight, grasping hands, then Rolandier leads everyone back down the boulevard toward the armored figure. Yes, and we're going to try to swing by as wide as possible. As you do step toward the edges of the ziggurat, you hear an exasperated sigh as you take that first step onto the pyramid, and the clinking and shuffling of the armor as it once again gets to its feet. It turns and locks eyes with you, Rolandier, and in a rather tired voice just says, oh, Very well, then. You will be punished. <laughs> 